37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 88. And uh, with me this time around is Presto, as always, in the passenger seat. What's up? And Big Steven in the back. What up? <laughs> so is his last name the back? Because I thought it was the Rome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's bullshit? Huh? That neither of you, you both said it's episode 88. And no one made a Back to the Future reference, and that's bullshit. Oh, because the 88 speed? <laughs> yep. Really? I mean, Preston and I made the comment before we recorded, where we're going, we don't need wheels or pants. So I kind of feel like it was up to you to follow up with that. <laughs> oh, no shit. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Well, yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Speaking of which, uh, at the end of May or the middle of May, Steve-O and I are going to hit up that triple feature of all three Back to the Futures, if you want to come, Presto. Yeah, what the fuck's... Yeah. Uh, where's that at? Friday night. Uh, I think it's oh, the Orpheum? Or the Augusta. Oh, shit. One of them. It's, it's, it's Augusta. Hell yeah. Augusta Historic Theater. Boom, shakalaka. Oh, you know, that's where I actually watched the third one. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, when I was a kid. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I've never seen any of the Back to the Futures in theater. I'm really excited. Yeah, me neither. Hell yeah, that'll be pretty badass. One of my favorite trilogies, so I'm really fucking pumped. It feels like it's been forever since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, the uh, on the uh, Discord, it said, before I posted all these ridiculous pictures, it said, <laughs> Sean Swope started the call at 2-14-2019 was the last time I was on the show. 2 so Literally a month ago. <laughs> Man, yes, it's, it's, it's a month, yeah. 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 Well, we missed sweet, uh, sweet love day. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, yeah, we missed last week because I was on vacation, and we'll uh, we'll chat a little bit more about that here in a bit. But this will be a supersized episode, folks. So I like to think we're gonna we're gonna start things off with a bang. We're gonna end things with a really wonderful ghost story, and then who knows what's gonna happen in between those two things. But I think. I'm going to try to butter your biscuit. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think in true fashion, not to uh, honk our own horns here, but I'm really hoping this, is this to me, is going to be classic Pixelated Paranormal. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, it's, it's also going to be kind of a, a listener-heavy episode. I've got a lot of stuff in here from the people for the people. Um, first off of the news, guys, this was sent to me by Isaac. A woman in Lee Summit, Missouri, found out on a certain Tinder date there really are plenty of fish in the sea. In Lee Summit, Missouri, after a woman commented on a man's Tinder profile pic of him holding a largemouth bass, she then wooed him out on a fishing date, hit him on the head with a fire extinguisher, cut off his testicles, and used them as fishing bait to catch a fish. What the fuck? Shit. Yeah. Did she kill him or just? Well, unfortunately, that was on a website called satireweekly.com. And fake news? young Isaac did not realize that was like the uh, onion and was fake news. Onion, Sean. 
<laughs> yeah, Isaac, you're not the first person to be fooled by the Fall fake news it. before that's there crazy. was fake news. That's like at least some of that's where strange music's at. Yeah, the base is at. There were tons of people posting this all over social media. Um, so I thought it was true. I just now read the story this morning, and I was very disheartened to find out that uh, it wasn't a true story. But Isaac, don't you worry, buddy, because like I teased you earlier, I've got a little bit of information for you about testicles and fish that's true. <laughs> because there is a fish known to roam the waters in Florida, in New Jersey, and other areas in the U.S. that eats, or at least bites, men's testicles. That's just nuts. <laughs> Have either of you guys heard of the fish called the red-bellied pacu, or just simply the pacu? Nope. Actually, it, you know, I, I've, uh, yes, I've heard of that fish because um, they are closely related to the Oscar, which I have owned, and there's another fish that Eric owned, like that big forehead alien motherfucker fish that was ugly, but it's also <laughs> related to cichlid. Um, they're all like kind of in that same family. I just never knew the Paku ate nuts. Yeah, they're all kind of. And uh, first of all, Paku are also related to the piranha. A lot of people pass these fish off as a red belly piranha because as juveniles, they look a lot alike. However, as the Paku grows older, it then kind of deviates from what the traditional um, piranha looks like. And I think they get up to be like 20 some inches long, too. They have teeth like a piranha, but if you look at pictures, I don't have a picture to show you, but we'll post one. Their teeth look more like uh, a, a person's teeth, like human teeth. It's Weird. it's kind of creepy. But yeah, there have been cases of male skinny dippers who have encountered these fish and they have bit down on their nards. <laughs> Thumbs dangling. Get it, Gerald. <laughs> pretty much, man. Pretty, pretty much. It gives a whole new meaning to the term noodling <laughs> so yeah Isaac there you go buddy nuts and fish but we all know the synchronicity is strong and sometimes news just falls into your lap I'm not done there boys I have plenty more penis talk for this episode of pixelated paranormal there was also a man just a few days ago in Spain who police picked up on the street while screaming for help and they discovered that he amputated his own penis and had it in a clear shopping bag. Oh. Yep. Some dude in Zaragoza, the capital of northeastern Spain's town or country, I'm not entirely sure, of Aragon, amputated his own penis and was carrying it around in a shopping bag. Hmm. So they took him to the hospital, and it is not known yet if they were able to reattach it or if he's just going to be a eunuch. So yeah, there's your news, guys. There's your nutty news. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Yeah, it is, too. It hurt. <laughs> yeah, or it the is. Dingling. Just Wouldn't plain nuts. But guys, we're not done with the great outdoors, because I want to tell you a little bit about my vacation. So we, uh, we missed last week's episode because I went to Colorado. Have you guys been to Colorado before? Steve, you just got back recently, right? Yas, queen. Yeah, I love it. Hell yeah. Presto, have you been to Colorado the mountains yet? Yeah, I've been to Colorado. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The it's last... such a beautiful place. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Man, we had a little tiny cabin right outside the mountains. Like, you walked out the back door, there were the mountains. 
We, uh, like, was it a cabin or a, or a tiny home? Uh, both. It was a tiny cabin. There you go. It was pretty badass. I mean, like, the living room was just big enough for the king-size bed. It had a uh, decent-sized bathroom, walk-in shower, um, a little stove. Sasquatch statues. Yeah, a little, little sink. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It had a little hot tub. It was badass. But, yeah, you look out the window above the bed and just a beautiful view of the mountains. It was pretty, pretty impressive. Oh. Jeffrey, uh, she took me to uh, whatever the fucking mountain in uh, Colorado Springs is, uh-huh. and uh, Manitou Springs. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's right. I, I forgot Jeffrey nasty, lived in Colorado for a while. Yeah. Nasty spring water. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's when we waxed our armpits. Yeah, before you went and visited Jeffrey in Colorado <laughs> for the first time. Oh, and look at you now. I yeah. <laughs> Haven't waxed my armpits, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, much like the Bigfoot, we are hairy yeah. beasts now. <laughs> but yeah, um, I also um, you wax your armpits too, Steve? Hell no, yeah! Fuck that. <laughs> um, Colorado is it's beautiful. It's crazy how close it is to us, but yet Kansas is just a fucking armpit stain. it's crazy how beautiful that place is and it's funny too because like i was thinking as soon as we crossed the border of kansas into colorado there'd just be mountains and we're just like where the fuck are the mountains like it looks like kansas it's still really flat and then you kind of you just hit denver and then oh by the way mountains you get a mountain and you get a mountain we uh we went up there for just a couple four days and uh Unfortunately, we didn't do too much in the actual nature part of it as far as like hiking or camping or anything like that. But uh, we spent most of the time in the inner city checking out a bunch of the breweries. We went to Cerebral. We went to Mad Jack's. And then we stopped by Great Divide. And as I posted on the Instagram account, the reason we went to Great Divide is their flagship beer, in my opinion, is the Yeti Imperial Stout. And so I was able to uh, get that badass Yeti tin sign. I don't know if you guys saw a picture of that on the Insta, but uh, but speaking of Bigfoot, we went to, in Bailey, which is just outside of Denver, we went to the Sasquatch Outpost Museum, and that place was like fucking Shangri-La. <laughs> uh, you know, big, big shout out to Chauncey, because Chauncey told us to uh, definitely check it out if we're in the area. And dude, like, you walk into that place... And the gift shop, for all intents and purposes, is the first thing you walk into. It's like a Toys R Us, but nothing but Bigfoot memorabilia. They, I mean, there's shirts, socks, action figures, statues, just freaking everything. It was outstanding. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool, dude. We walked in there. And um, the lady working there, she is the owner's wife. So, I mean, one of the one of the owners. But the gentleman who started it, this is his wife. And she's a lovely lady with a very beautiful accent. She's from Africa. And uh, we're just kind of chit-chatting away, getting the feel for each other. She's trying to figure out if we're just like nuts or if we're just, you know, two, you know, college-aged kids just kind of tooling around looking at the sideshow. And then we soon kind of find out that she and I, Shayla and I, uh, are, of course, big Bigfoot fans. And the lady who was there, I forget her name, um, she had become a Bigfoot fan, and it was just a hell of a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah, we're we're walking. I bet you, huh? Oh, sorry. I said I bet you because I remember when Chauncey went to that with his wife, and he was like talking about it, and he showed me some pictures and stuff, and I think he showed you you too, and it was making me laugh because 
I hate when I go to something that's cool like that and I'm like, oh, you guys got to check this out. And then you always you always think about, like, is it going to be as cool as I thought it was? So I bet you I bet you Chauncey was like, I hope it's really cool for them because it was cool for me. But yeah, you know, well, here's like, the kind of like the Boomland thing or yeah. <laughs> Robin fucking Boomland. Yeah. yeah, this is it. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> funny, too, is like. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but Chauncey kind of downplayed that place to me a little bit. Like, I kept trying to get out of him, you know, was it cool? Was it neat? Was it, you know, what was it like? And he just would say, oh, yeah, it's pretty neat, man. I think it's pretty cool. I think you guys will like it. Like, he didn't really give me any spoilers at all. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, we're walking around, and, like, we're kind of, like, you know, laughing because, like, there's stickers. We have, like, a handful of stickers. We're grabbing socks. We're grabbing, like, looking at shirts. And the lady kind of kind of warms up to us because we're the only two people in the museum at that time because it's, it's really close to closing time. And so I've got a pretty good handful of merch, and she's like, now you know if you spend $40, um, you get a free admission into the museum portion of the outpost. And I made the joke. I said, man, we're going to drop some serious money here today, so I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple free uh, passes. And so she's like, well, if, if you get your hands full, just make a pile over here on the cash register. And so we did. Like, we just grabbed all sorts of cool stuff. I got a really wicked bobblehead, like a 10-inch bobblehead of a Bigfoot. Um, Shayla found a really cool, like, um, slice of a tree trunk with a Bigfoot, like, portrait drawn into it with, with like, laser etched. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of that. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. And so we're kind of up there paying for our stuff, and the, the lady's kind of getting a feel that we're kind of serious about this stuff. And so she asks us. She's like... So, you know, I have to ask, are you guys, um, are you guys Bigfoot believers? Have you seen a Bigfoot before? And we're kind of like, you know what? We love Bigfoot. Um, he unzips his pants. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. God. Wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's funny because I'm like, you know what? We have, a, we have a fair bit of decorations in our house of Bigfoot. Um, and we both just have a really, you know, an affinity for it. But. No, should neither one of the Bigfoot tattoo should have been free admission right there. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, she showed that. Uh, Shayla showed that to her, and she was just like, "Oh my god, that's outstanding." Shayla's fucking flexing hard. Yeah, but it, it's funny because um, we're talking a little bit, and you know, like you know, we'd never seen a Bigfoot before. We really, we really believe that it could be out there. There's a lot of depth. It's it's a multi layered um, subject. And I was like, you know, we've seen weird stuff. We've seen lights in the sky that we thought were UFOs. We we had a haunted apartment. I kind of tell her about the apartment and stuff like that. And it was just wonderful because, you know, we're, we're complete strangers and we're really just forming this this short bond over, you know, this paranormal stuff. And I, I did drop the podcast because she's like, you know, there's a really great um, there's a really great expo coming up in September you should try to go to. And I'm like, oh, my God, that'd be great. I actually have a podcast and she's like, oh, my, oh, my, what's the name of the podcast? And so I told her, and she wrote the name of it down. And anyway, I'm like, so what about you? Do you believe in Bigfoot? And she mentioned that, you know, coming over um, from Zimbabwe to here, she didn't really believe in it, and her husband enjoyed it. And she's like kind of giving him shit about how, well, you know, is it really worth opening up this outpost? Are people really going to come here? Blah, blah, blah. And then she said she went from a skeptic to a very serious, you know, hopeful uh, believer, hopeful skeptic, or, or, you know, almost believer, because the amount of people that, you know, go through that outpost, they have a big map where you can put up like a thumbtack of where you've seen one before, people sharing yeah. stories. It was, it was just really cool just to talk to her and just to form that friendship. And, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's like, you know, as we were kind of finishing up our talk, she's like, I really wish you could come back tomorrow and talk to my husband. He would love you. 
Um, we didn't get a chance to come back, but she did stay open a little later for us so we can go through the museum. And um, we, we did end up getting free admission, uh, two free admissions. Probably, technically, I think we should have got three, but there was just two <laughs> of us. But um, I did get you guys some badass stuff. Uh, presto, I already gave you your socks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I found a pair of socks, Steve, that had Bigfoot mm-hmm. painting a Mona Lisa, but the Mona Lisa is a Bigfoot as well. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, there's got to be some socks around here that Steven would dig. So check out this picture I'm sending to you, and we can post this if you want. Hell yeah. I've also got your gift, too, because i got to talk about my vacation after you're done with your vacation. <laughs> right. So, yeah, check out those those socks there. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, so you got me a pair of, I haven't got the text yet. Oh, I just got it. Yeah, I got you. I got you both socks. Oh my god, I love it. I'm like <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like the worst Christmas present from like your your great aunt. No, I love it. I got you boys some socks. No, check this out. I just that's so fucking crazy is because totally unrelated, but uh Brady's wife Brandy got me um the the designer socks like that, you know. Like I don't wear stuff like I wear usually just the crew the crew cut yeah small right right and she bought me these ones that are of pennywise from the new movie and they're really fucking cool and it's like it takes many forms like a sock oh that's neat <laughs> so like you pull it up and it's got his face on it and then the same conversation uh brady let me try out a pair of his compression socks mm-hmm. to test out with like uh my swelling in my f- in my feet and just the circulation in general because the diabetes and yeah, the beats i put them on and within like 30 minutes, my swelling went down. None of my shoes fit anymore. It's crazy. And <laughs> I can like walk on them longer. It's, it's fucking literally mind blowing. Yeah. Life changing, right? My, my legs and feet feel. I like to picture you put them on and then like half an hour later, you're like, huh? And you're tap dancing around the house and there's like cartoon <laughs> penguins. <laughs> no, it was something like that. I was like, I was sitting there. I was sitting there because me and Brady were playing games and I was sitting there and like I get up to take a piss and I'm like, holy shit. Like this is fucking crazy. He's like, "What?" And I was like, "Dude, like, this it just feels way different." And ever since then, I've like I've been wearing them, and I just ordered I'm ordering a new set tomorrow. Hell yeah! Um, and, but these these designer socks, they're like that. They're really high up. Yeah, they're tight, and uh, the it ones are really cool, and they even make my feet feel better than just the small the small crew ones. Oh yeah, dude. So, yeah, I, these, I think, these are fucking awesome, dude. I think crew socks is, are bad for circulation because they're right there on your ankle. But that's just me. I'm not yeah. a doctor, but I am a scientist. Right? Yeah, uh, but this uh, these socks that Sean got me are a Bigfoot with a classic walk, but it's all Rasta colors because I'm really big into reggae and shit like that. So yeah. that's fucking badass, dude. Thank you. Yeah, I saw. I first I saw yours actually, and I'm like, oh shit, that's Steven. That's all over it. Fucking Rastafarian <laughs> hat. He's got some dreadlocks. And then I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I was like, I really wish I could find something art related for Preston, but there's no way there's gonna be like an artist Bigfoot like a fucking Bob Ross. And then Shayla yeah. goes, is that a paint palette? Because these socks were turned around backwards. And I was just like, oh, my – like, I freaked out. And the lady behind the <laughs> counter was like, these people have to be insane. And it was That's Bigfoot painting awesome. uh, the Mona Lisa on a pair of socks. So <laughs> it's badass. That's so cool. And then, of course, I was like, man, I wish there was something Rob would like here, but I don't think Rob likes socks. They had a fucking Bigfoot Lego man. Yeah, and you asked me if he already had that one. I could have swore that he did because he was doing, like, the comic book thing he was wanting to do. Yeah, he doesn't have it. screens. He doesn't. Oh, you asked him. He doesn't have it. Yeah, I oh, asked him I last he night. Did. He said no. He has an alien gray or an or alien. Two. That that must be. And what then he has in. a ghost, like a classic, like you know, white sheet ghost. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's Dude, a picture of a little ball. Awesome that he doesn't have it. Yeah, he's he just he like, just, oh, that's awesome. So him, yeah, I'm gonna mail that. Did you to tell him. him you want to 
You want to put him in the? You want him to do that comic? We need to keep encouraging him. To do yeah, that shit. I think we do, man. I think we do. But, but yeah, back to the museum. Awesome. Um, it was it was just so much fun. Like everything I wanted. I was like a child at Willy Wonka, just so excited. There's so much reading to do. You could probably take a solid half hour to an hour to go through that exhibit and just read the stories. A lot of them I knew, a lot of them I didn't, but I mean, just the amount of like memorabilia they have, the things they've made, it it looks really cool the way they've decorated it. And it's just, it was just amazing, dude. Like I I could have stayed there all day. Question, did you lick the wallpaper? The Sasquatch tastes like Sasquatch. <laughs> no. no, man, I sure didn't. <laughs> oh, and I also found a sticker for my brother because my brother's a huge Star Trek fan. So, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I've got a really badass sticker for you. And it says Squatch Long and Prosper, and it's got a Bigfoot Spock giving the uh, Spock sign. Damn, they just had ev- like they literally have something for everybody you know. Yeah, yeah, we we dropped 150 bucks in that store. Holy, that okay for anybody out there listening that doesn't know Sean, that's unheard of. <laughs> Fucking tight one. That's crazy. Good job, dude. I'm because you texted you you were like, and don't worry. I treated myself, and I'm like, yeah. Good. So we're gonna treat ourselves. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. I could have, I could have, I could have spent so much more money there. And what impressed me, and what made me realize, like, this is a legitimate shop that these people legitimately love. She asked me if I happened to know who David Politis was from the Missing Four One One books, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, of course. I was like, we just got through watching this documentary, and like, she and I are like finishing each other's sentences about this recent documentary he had on like the history channel or discovery. And she's telling me about these David Politis missing 411 books. And maybe some of my most utmost respect for her and her husband and the outpost is the missing 411 books. They're like 25 bucks. You can only order them legitimately through the actual website that David Politis has dickwads on ebay and amazon try to turn these things for like 75 bucks 150 bucks they sell them there for a modest 26.95 wow so it's like a two or three dollar upcharge and i'm just like i I actually meant to go back and buy one but we didn't get a chance to go back because we were just doing everything else while we were there but uh, Yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah i actually bought a uh an iron-on patch, which is David Politis's American Bigfoot Search um, logo, I believe. So, yeah. Fucking nerds. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was badass, man. But uh, Did you want to mention something about your vacay, Steve? Yeah, man. I went to uh, Orlando, Florida. It was awesome. I rode in a lot of lifts, which was crazy. <laughs> like, Okay, so like, we have Uber and Lyft here in Wichita. And... yeah. Uh, it's just it's not this it's not the same experience at all over there uh, like it was so crazy uh, i drove a tesla 2018 auto auto drive plus tesla fucking incredible uh i had a blast uh yeah it was it was nuts everything in there is digital uh, they, it is the future and i really hope that they continue to now that he's released the patents for all that stuff uh that more car companies start making cars like that cuz it literally is the future and you feel so safe inside of it, which is crazy. Right. Cause at first I was really nervous, but then once it started going awesome, uh, I went to universal studios. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, I never thought that I would like anything related to the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that rides I, the shit, right? Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of of the Mummy movies. I think that they're like, okay, the first one was cool, but the rest of them are just fucking weird. And don't even get me started on that CGI scorpion. And the Tom Cruise one sucks, big dick. Like, don't don't watch the Tom Cruise. Yeah, I one. never, I never watched, I never watched that one because I don't like Tom Cruise. But I, that's, what that's I heard why too. I skipped it too. I was yeah. I was totally thrilled about having a, a female mummy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's totally rad. Yeah, and then cool. I'm like, oh, Tom Cruise is in it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he looks just like fucking Jack Reacher and uh, Mission Impossible Man and every other character he's yeah. ever played. And that and that like um that that ride was so crazy because like I was like, okay, like they still have like an old VHS playing playing yeah. this intro of uh what's oh, yeah. his name um brendan fraser brendan. Uh-huh. talking to people in line and stuff and then at the end you kind of see him on the screen too and and like another thing about universal that maybe i'm just the fucking moron and i didn't realize this i never like researched anything about this place uh, i was blessed it's with a theme this park trip. yeah it's a theme park so i didn't really like re- <laughs> i didn't no i didn't really research like what what's all included like what the rides are like etc you know like uh, oh, so yeah. I went there, and I'm thinking these coasters are going to be like outside. I know some of them are inside, but I thought that maybe they were like inside roller coasters, like built down in tunnels and shit. Yeah. But you get into it, and it's like eight eight persons in this little cart, and it's like a virtual reality slash like motion. It's really really strange. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a legitimate actual ro- uh, roller coaster, but yeah, the way they just, do it is just really unique. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's pretty crazy. Like the the science and the coding and all that stuff and the the machinery, hydraulics and all that stuff is just is just mind boggling to me. But uh, the mummy was fucking awesome, and I strongly recommend everybody ride that there. I think some people probably would skip that because like oh the outside God. of it, the outside yeah. of it doesn't look that cool. And like and like I said, like the mummy's not a. Oh, like, oh my God! When I think of Universal, I'm thinking of <laughs> that movie. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 What's funny too is whenever you're like, I'm like, you got to ride the mummy. And you're like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of lame. Also, like, if it's a roller coaster, like, I don't do coasters. I don't do rides that go backwards. I don't like a lot mm-hmm. of twisting and turning. And I'm like, yeah, you'll you'll love the mummy. <laughs> yeah, and like the mummy, when I was riding it, it did go backwards for that, but it's it's such a small yeah small thing. But yeah, the motion sickness did because I we did that. We did the Fast and Furious, the Transformers. And like all of them are fucking awesome. Spider Man shit was tight. Like all yeah. that stuff's cool, but it does if you ride them. And we had fast pass, so we didn't have that time to like recoup in the line. It's right. like it's like a catch twenty two, you know. Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. you have to wait in line forever, but you get to re- you get to regain your regain your motion sickness, your equilibrium, so yeah. to speak. So we were just like boom, 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 boom to this ones, and I mainly was excited for there because I'm a big Harry Potter fiend, and Harry walking in Diagon Alley for the first time, like it, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Like it's so well done, so well designed. It literally is mind blowing. Yeah. And when you walk into the wand shop and the way they designed it with like actually every box on that fucking shelf, thousands and thousands and thousands of wands has a wand in it. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. crazy to me. And that's and, uh, so any child can grab any box yep, yep. and pull a wand out. Yep. yep. Or, or any 30-something-year-old Steven can grab yeah. a wand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, we eat it, we ate at the Leaky Cauldron, and the Harry Potter ride was phenomenal. Like, it, the how they designed that, like, it really feels like you are riding a broom. Yeah. And it, I, I couldn't, couldn't fucking believe it. 
Yeah. It's so cool. It's pretty rad, isn't it? And then uh, we went to this place called Discovery Cove, which is a SeaWorld resort. I'm not really big into the whole SeaWorld thing. Um, but you made out with a dolphin. But this fucking this fucking <laughs> resort, man, was awesome. Mm. Swim with dolphins, swim with all kinds of, like, I think like 5,000 different species of fish. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, speaking of dolphins real quick, Presto, you and I still have a dolphin story we got to share with the folks one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Right. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and then uh, a lot of birds and stuff. It's just it's just a cool like wildlife thing, and it's a lot of like yeah. hands on stuff, and uh, not as like small caged and small things like you know a Sea World is. Yeah. You know, like all the flack they get. Um, and then went to medieval times, which was fucking awesome. I've wanted to go there ever since I've seen the movie Cable Guy. Finally <laughs> right. got to go. Finally got to go to one. It's everything that I love. Great entertainment. Um, live music, food, fuck, it was so, so fucking cool. And like, have you guys been to one of them before? No, I have zero desire to go to one actually, oh, but it's... I'm super stoked you liked it. Yeah, it was, it was, Preston, have you ever been to one before? Nope. Oh. So basically like, um, you go in and, you know, they do this like little medieval play type thing and they actually like choreograph all their fight, fight moves and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, you eat, they bring out a, a six course meal and you eat, you know, each thing. And then they, if you order your drinks, like there are no cans, they're just massive metal, uh, chalices. Yeah. Like chalices and pine things. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. And then you can get like the upgraded version of that, which is double that size. It's so a rusty like, bucket. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty much what it looked like. I was like, fuck it. Yingling black and tan. Got the whole motherfucking thing. I got that bucket, dude. It was, it was like, rough. it was a like 18, of beer. $18, but I was like, fuck it. It was so good. I, I love the really black and tan. So, and you can't get it anywhere here. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it was just so much, so much fun. And, getting all the different colors and of teams to boo each other and like egg them on is so cool and <laughs> watching yeah and like and then watching like how the kids like the actors and actresses there like they really love getting the kids hyped up but like it was just it's just fucking cool man like if you get to go to one go to one they're scattered throughout the country i think the closest one to us is probably in texas but it's oh, yeah. so it's i think, I think my, you should uh... go man I, I probably would. The way you describe it makes it sound yeah. pretty cool. I'm not a big, like, Knights of the Round Table kind of guy, but yeah. that sounds kind of neat. If I can get a bucket of beer, then it'll be tolerable. Yeah, right. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> that was drinking, dude. Everybody. And oh, then, yeah. And it was funny because, like, when I'm sitting uh, and, like, it's all, like, stone. <laughs> the seats are so uncomfortable because they want to make it as realistic as possible. Right. So you're sitting at the stone fucking table, stone s- seats, and we're, like, right front row. We paid for the VIP Hell and, yeah, dude! You, you should know, have, yeah. Uh, the blue, the blue knight was battling the green knight, and they're like just going. To, they're just like hitting each other with the, the swords, and then they're like right in front of us, so we see it all. And I'm sitting next to these older, these older African American uh, gentleman and his wife, and then like what looked like to be maybe their granddaughter with uh, her new husband. And uh-huh. this is one of the scenario I'm picturing, and I'm just like. Cut his fucking head off! Cut his fucking head! And like, and like, they, because it's like everybody else there is drunk and like, oh yeah, screaming shit. I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it too. So like, cut his fucking head off! And this this old this old dude next to me is like, he's like, oh, you really like this, don't you? And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, I wanted to come to one of these forever. And then, uh, and and then he he's like real old timey, so he's like, oh, that's pretty cool, like you know. And then and then so. 
the <laughs> he scoots over away from you like three inches. The blue knight, yeah, yeah, the blue, the, the blue knight was like on his back, like you know, pretend like, oh, don't spare me, spare me, whatever. And and then like the green knight looks at look looks at the crowd, and then everybody's like booing him, and 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 then I'm like, fuck them, cut blue's knight's head off, he's a pussy. <laughs> like, wow, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was so and cool, then, and then like, everybody, like, and then everybody's like laughing over here. Yeah, and then, then everybody's laughing, and the and the guy next to me goes, "Damn, you white people love this shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, it was so yeah. it's like all that entertainment for twenty eight ninety five. Fuck, what? that's a yeah. That's how much that cost because we it was a they had a spring break promotion if you. Use this code during this time. You can go in between the the uh, February and I think June or May. So like oh, you could wow. use, you could use your ticket during that time. Yeah, like so spring that's how much break we, forever. Yeah, that's how much that's how much we paid. And then plus you know plus the drink I got, which was like I think twenty bucks, eighteen bucks. I was like that ain't, that's, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Like it was. So I thought cool. you were gonna say it was like sixty eight dollars a person no. or something. I mean, that's wow. how I think that's how much it is if you do. It regularly with without the the, the promotion okay. that we that we had going on, but dude, like, like it seriously was fucking awesome, and like I don't think maybe I got into it more because I was just so pumped and but, drunk. No, I don't think I was drunk. <laughs> you were drunk in the spirit of yeah. old timey. Well, that's yeah, cool, man, and, and cool. we're not going to say his name for you know for reasons. But did your uh, the gentleman you went with did he have a good time? Yeah, yeah, you can say his name, Thomas. For those Thomas who, who, for those who don't know out there, I'm a guardian for a guy with disabilities, and uh, so we went, we took him to Florida, something he's always wanted to do, and met a lady out there that uh, he makes jewelry with. He makes jewelry of all kinds of different assortments of shit, and he, uh, his person that works with him, she posted some stuff with my permission onto art pages. And then this lady that makes jewelry in Florida, really well-known lady, she saw that and became inspired. And then she contacted us and she sends him things, donates things to the place. Like, it's crazy. She's changed his oh, life. Wow. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. Good. So we went down there and met her too. She she was the one that paid and took us to uh, Discovery Cove. And like, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, oh. it was like VIP. We had a private cabana, cabana boy. Everything in there was inclusive. Like we could get any drink we wanted to, as strong as you wanted to. You could fucking there. The guy was like, "Oh, you look like you're tired. Do you want me to go get the wheelchair and wheelchair you around?" I'm like, Shit. "Wow, you gotta tell me twice." Steve's <laughs> like, "Fuck yeah!" And <laughs> bring me a bucket of yingling. <laughs> so I had, so I had a yeah. Like I had, I had the. Uh, he was like, uh, "Do you want to go? Uh, do you want me to go push you around the uh, bird atrium?" And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then I was like, yes, Jeeb, please. I go, I go, I go, I go, can we stop over there and can I get two rum punches? He was like, do you want the extra large ones? So I'm sitting there fucking double fisting it. He's God. pushing me. He's push me, peasant. <laughs> he's pushing Forward, me. boy. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So that's what I'm saying, man. You're on vacation, dude. I'm going to soak it up. I'm going to do as much shit as I can awesome. to get away with. When I get back to my job, I want to make sure that I had a great time. And I fucking did. Oh man, that's good, dude. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you had a good and, time. I'm glad Thomas yeah. had a good time. Yeah, and um, then I met up with uh, Trailerized, my oh, buddy yeah. Joe, yeah. and that was Joe. so so cool. The day we we hung out, we hung out the whole day, just driving up and down the coast. Uh, we tried to go into the beach, and the wind almost knocked me over. And he was trying to get it on video. 
but awesome. yeah, it was it was so so much fun. And we went to this place and ate the best fish and chips I've ever had. Oh my god! Oh yeah, but yeah. So vacations are cool, man. It was definitely much needed. Um, you know, it made me it made me appreciate a lot of things. So, oh yeah, dude. Well, presto, man. Like we we've we've been talking about ourselves. What's new with you, buddy? Anything? Um. No, I mean nothing really. I, I bought a gaming chair and a new pair of Converse, uh, but I didn't take a vacation. <laughs> hey, did that's you get cool. the one? I, did you get the one? The link I sent you? <sighs> no, I thought about it, but mm-hmm. then I'm like, I don't want a rolling chair, um, oh. and I, I I wanted one that was uh, more stationary. And uh, so the one that I got uh, is like has cushions all the way up the ass in the back, and it rocks, and it's got like uh, little speakers in the back of it. Um, yeah. You like so. it? Oh, I do. I love it. So, see, oh, yeah. I want to. I want to try to sit in one of them because for bigger guys, I don't. I just would think that that thing would be uncomfortable for a bigger dude. Well, see, the normal ones like they all get bad reviews because they're like, as an adult, like your ass sinks into it, and like mm-hmm. you can, it's not very uh, cushiony, so like you can feel like the the wooden frame underneath it. And yeah, so, like this that. one, when I was looking at it, got great reviews because it has like the the like this therapeutic pillow thing that goes mm-hmm. all the way up and down it. I'm like fuck it. I'm I'm gonna get that. And uh, you yeah, send me so a link to so the one you got. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will. Curious. That's fucking neat. Hell My yeah, kid dude. thinks I'm a king now. He's like, "You're so lucky, Dad. You got such a good gaming chair." Tell him, tell him, tell him that, that you got it for people subscribing to your Patreon for all the Fallout <laughs> 76 you play. Yeah. God. <laughs> and why? Why is your son like a 60 year old old timey carnival yeah. worker? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning and like he's sitting in the chair like with his headset on playing like Fortnite and like talking to his little Fortnite buddies. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Serious, dad. Can, can I have five more minutes before we go? I'm like, yeah, just play your game, son. Play your game. <laughs> talking shit to all his Fortnite friends. I got a yeah. motherfucking gaming chair, you pussies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad. I'm glad everybody's having a good time here and uh, had some great vacations. Got some great chairs. It's just good stuff. Yeah, good stuff all over. Well, getting back to it, um, Bigfoot's not the last of the cryptids I wanted to talk about because we had somebody write in and mention the story we talked about back on episode eighty. We talked about the Jersey Devil. And this dude named Paul wrote in and mentioned that there might be an ultimate answer as to what exactly the Jersey Devil is, and it might be something simpler than we all imagined. I'm going to post a picture of this bat, but apparently many people think that the Jersey Devil is nothing more than the hammerhead or horsehead bat. Wrong. <laughs> now wait, to to support what Paul said here and everybody else, this thing is really ugly. <laughs> really, I mean, it really looks ugly. like the Jersey Devil. This thing has a horse's head and a bat's body. It's like two feet tall, two feet tall, and looks like it crawled out of the butthole of hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it says here, I made a little note from some research I did. <laughs> the bloodsucker of the worst kind, known as the horsehead bat. What's more, it just so happens to be easily the largest bat in the native continent of Africa. 
With a wingspan that reaches over three feet, they meet the qualifications of Megabat. They are scientifically supersized creatures. And of course, these giant-sized Satan bats are also aggressive enough to attack livestock in order to drink their blood. And yes, they are also prime suspects for initiating hideous Ebola virus outbreaks and have been known to carry small animals up into the air. Mm-hmm. That thing's mm-hmm. creepy as fuck. Yeah, so you say no, Preston. You say no. No, uh, yeah, I say no because um, <clears throat> they're actually indig- indigenous to certain areas of Africa and uh-huh. the, like the temperature has to be just right. And there's like certain fruit trees that they, they live in. And so the, the height of those trees are very important to these bats and, and you know, how they uh, get the fruit and acquire their food and things like that. And the fact that they, they are, uh, I guess, contagious of Ebola, like they do spread that disease very easy. Mm-hmm. So if you look at where the Jersey Devil, like all the stories of the Jersey Devil took place, like that uh-huh. climate is completely different from Africa. Like it's not mm-hmm. a warm, sustaining climate. The The height of the apple trees, or like a fruit that could sustain them is completely different. And that's important to how they mate. So like the, the trees that they made in are very like low to the ground, low hanging fruit. And uh, uh, it, it just like our our environment where the Jersey devil is like would not support a population of these bats without like killing them within, you know, like the winter months, like the winter months would just like fuck them up. Plus we have no Ebola outbreaks in those areas. And that's, that's the thing like the Ebola virus is present in their shit. So it's very easy for us to contract Ebola by interacting with these, these creatures. Gotcha. So what if I argued that the Jersey devil was short lived And oftentimes, you know, decades went by in between sightings. Maybe it was just a couple horsehead bats. You know, fuck you. You're not a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Hell yeah. Well, I'll put a picture of this nasty little bastard in the the Instagram uh, companion here. But I don't know. I think it is at least a very compelling thought of what may have been mistaken for a Jersey Devil. I'll give you 40-60. 40, 60. I mean, I'd be happy with 20, 80, 80 on you and only 20 on me. Yeah, yeah. I want to believe that there was actually, you know, a, a, a demon of Leeds that was yeah, that's, the that's... demon baby of Mrs. Leeds. Yeah. That's what I want, so. Leeds. Awesome. Well, irregardless, Paul, thanks for writing in about that, man. Uh, sorry I took a few episodes to get to you here, but um, yeah, lots going on and finally got around to it, so there we go. And as I mentioned, it is a very listener heavy episode. We have a very interesting topic. The main topic of the day, or I'm sorry, of the episode will be the ghost of Gladstone Villa sent in by a gentleman named Andrew. Mm-hmm. But Presto, you wanted to start things off here and kind of uh, wet our palate, so to speak. Yeah, I wanted to butter your all's biscuit uh, with a story that takes place, uh, you know, close to England and Scotland, which, you know, if England is like the United States. Scotland is like our Canada. Uh, so it's very close to home to this story. This story takes place in Scotland and it deals with the manor of Rosewarne Wallace, which just means the uh, lower bro- Rosewarne. So, you know. <laughs> Thanks, doctor. You a, yeah, if you need an English uh, translation there. 
So anyways, this kick-ass cottage was built in the 1225 uh, AD, and it housed the many generations of the aristocratic de Rosewarn family until the reign of James I, which took place between the years 1566 and 1625. And this was right around the time of the unification of the Scottish and English crowns. And, uh, you know, James was a dumbass. He uh, didn't spend the family fortune very well. He liked to whore around, made very poor decisions like, ah, I think I want a gold unicorn peasant. Make me one. And we just kind of, you know, shovel out his money and have all this <laughs> weird shit. And, uh, you know, he drank too much and hoard too much. And uh, his fateful uh, family attorney or a financial advisor, Ezekiel Gross, uh, you, you know, tried to help him the best that he could. But, uh Suspiciously, when the the Des Rowan family ran out of cash and the manor came up for sale, guess who snatched it up at a bargain price? Hmm, could it be that dude you just mentioned? Ezekiel Gross, ding ding ding. Ah, so hmm. yeah, he you know ba- that's, a, that's a odd last name. Yeah, Gross, ding ding ding, ding ding. <laughs> He, uh, you know, stole it out from underneath the family's feet, kicked the kicked the uh, last Warren whatever guy to the curb, and uh, you know that's maybe something you don't want to do in good old Scotland or Great Britain because of uh, you know family ghosts and fairies. Those two things uh, can uh, happen, and that's what happened. He. Uh, he came a knocking and the ghost came a rocking. Uh oh. And it didn't take very long for weird shit just to happen. Like he moved in. Two weeks later, he's hearing like weird knocks on the door. And uh he's, you know, trying to do his lawyer stuff. And uh he heard this ghost, like he saw this apparition like walk through the study, the door frame of the study, and it was like moving really slow, and it was like and kept making like weird noises and he's like in the name of god man what thou's want and the ghost is like and so he's getting like really irritated and then finally after yelling at this ghost for like 20 minutes it it tells him like hey dipshit i can take you to a treasure of gold on the property follow me come on so he's like oh fuck you said what gold and then he's like, yeah, 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 gold. You've so, got my you know, attention goes, now. Tell me more. Yeah. So he gets the shovel and uh, follows the ghost out into the woods. And uh, he digs up, you know, where the ghost tells him to dig. And he finds, like, this brass urn full of, like, gold coins. Like, holy shit, I'm rich. And the ghost is like, oh, but there's more treasure in this ground. And so he's like, look. I don't want to draw suspicion or anything. So I'm <laughs> going to spend this gold a little bit of time. And when I'm running dry, I'll come back out dig a little bit more up and nobody will ever catch on that I found this like, you know, a massive gold treasure. So that's what he does. He retires. He's like, fuck being a lawyer. I'm going to party this shit up. And, you know, he's like having like grand balls. He's throwing Christmas parties left and right. And uh, a few years after, uh, you know, going out every couple of months and digging up the gold, he has this really awesome Christmas party. You know, the, all the peasants of the town show up, all the rich aristocrats show up, like everybody's drunk and having a good time. 
And they're all just kind of like partying it up. And then all of a sudden, like the room gets ice cold. Right, right. The chill of death. And they're just like, oh my God, why is it so cold? And they all are like frozen with fear. And just like in a Star Wars film when Obi-Wan Kenobi appears, remember that last episode when we talked about that wizard ghost of the Jizz Pond? Like that ghost <laughs> pops up and there's like this wizardly naked guy is like, eh? and everybody's like, oh my God. And then like in Star Wars, like it kind of fades into nothingness. So Mr. Gross is like, oh, it was Father Winter. <laughs> I got you all. Cheerio. Good show. And everybody's like, dude, this guy is fucking weird. There's like weird fucking old dudes popping up all over the place. <laughs> and everybody just got the fuck out of Dodge. And he slowly starts to lose friends. Um, his property goes into disarray. And, you know, the Jizz Wizard shows back up one night and Jizz says wizard. that he is like, you know, the great, great, you know, the Rosewarn whatever, you know, the the first whatever Rosewarn Baron, some fancy title. And he's like, because you've cheated my grandson, I thou's cursed you. He's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you know, I cursed you with gold. You're fucked. You're going to die of this curse. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What, what? No, I don't know. How do I, how do I break this curse? And he's like, listen, you got to give up the gold right now. You got to sell the property, get rid of the gold and we'll forgive you. Right. Well, you know, you screwed our family, but if you get rid of everything right now to your assistant, James curse is lifted. Hmm. So he's like, okay, okay. And so he thinks about it for a little bit, but he's having a hard time. Cause you know, this guy's like filthy rich and so he kind of gives James like 90% of the assets of like most of the property and like most of the gold. And the ghost is like, fuck it, that's not good enough. So shortly thereafter, uh, Mr. Gross dies. And the town people say that when they found the body, there was bruising. The head was twisted all the way around like some weird exorcist tale. And that they could see <clears throat> the ghost of the great, great, Rose Warren dancing with the devils and laughing hideously. And that's that's where the tale ends. Wow. Wow. Curse gold and dick wizards. Basically, <laughs> don't touch ghost coins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of that story. <laughs> well, hell yeah, man. I, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for setting the tone here. Did, did I did I butter your biscuit? <laughs> My biscuits have been buttered. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, so buttery buns. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get onto the main stuff here, guys. The main story, and we'll give you guys a fair warning. If you want to pause the show now and grab a drink, if you didn't have one already, something to eat, whatever. Uh, the listener story is quite long. It's about probably 15 to 20 minutes. It's a fairly long, uh, detailed account of the haunting that this gentleman experienced. So if you want, go ahead and pause it now and pick back up when you're ready. So the story is called The Haunting of Gladstone Villa. My family and I lived at a large property called Gladstone Villa in the former mining town of Bargode, located in the capillary country borough 
of South Wales Valleys in the United Kingdom. From 1969 to 1978, we experienced activity that simply defied rational explanation, such as lights going off and on, we witnessed electrical cables being pulled, and my grandfather Bill once claimed to have a glass bottle thrown towards him as he entered his bedroom, which was the main bedroom in the house. The bottle only missed him by inches. I didn't personally see this myself, but I still recall when he came from his bedroom with that broken bottle in his hand and told us what happened. There was the occasional sighting, but this was very rare indeed. So rare that in all the nine years I was there, I never saw it, but I did hear it many times coming from the bedroom. It's still worth mentioning that my mother, Caroline, saw it on at least two occasions. There were regular footsteps heard in the main bedroom every evening. Sometimes during the day, when we'd all be downstairs watching TV, one of us would turn the volume down and hear it more clearly. My grandfather Bill would point to the ceiling and say, He's by here. And then, Oh, he's by there now. Trying to make out exactly where the footsteps were coming from. There were five members of the family that lived at Gladstone Villa. My maternal grandfather, William Higgs, known as Bill to his friends and family. He was a retired miner who worked at a local colliery. He was a short, bald man who liked nothing more than to listen to his country and western LPs, Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, and so on. He also liked westerns on TV that starred John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. My maternal grandmother was Rita Higgs. She was a short woman who was a housewife. She was completely teetotal, but she liked to smoke. And for us Americans, teetotal means that she didn't drink. She abstained from alcohol completely, but she did enjoy. It sounds like a cigarette from time to time. The more you know. <laughs> it's funny because I did go through here and rewrite a little bit of mm-hmm. this because it all makes sense to me because I watch so much <laughs> yeah, British television. So British stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, I was raised around it. My folks lived there. So, I mean, I did rewrite some of this. That way it'd be a little more clear for, you know, our American listeners. But Cool. She also liked collecting garden gnomes and liked watching soap operas on TV. My mother, Caroline Dexter, met my father at a local bakehouse on Baldwin Street. She was a day shift regular, and my father worked the night shift. He would stay behind to make her a cup of tea and chat. They dated for three years before they finally got married on Monday, the 1st of April, in 1968. The Beatles were number one with Lady Madonna, which was very apt. They didn't get a place of their own, but instead decided to live with my grandparents at Gladstone Villa, which was in Cardiff Road. I was born on the 24th of August, 1969, when everybody was listening to the latest number one on the charts, Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. It was soon after that when my mother said strange things started to happen. I was just a baby when she said it all started off, and rather quietly, like a small tapping here and there, but nothing too noticeable. But in time, the activity gradually increased. One time my mother said the family heard a noise, a noise that sounded like somebody jumping down from the attic onto the landing. Naturally thinking that someone was trying to break in, they went to see what was going on. When they got there, they found nobody. 
but the hatch to the attic was open. Whatever it was, it eventually occupied itself in the main bedroom, which incidentally was my grandparents' room. It soon made its presence felt by walking around the bedroom, and the sound of dragging could also be heard. One day, my mother went upstairs to that bedroom to get my father up for work so he can get ready for his night shift. When she got to the bedroom, she was confronted by the sight of the ironing board placed on my father's torso as he slept. When he awoke, he was astonished to find the situation he was in. He suspected my grandfather Bill was playing pranks, but in time, he knew my grandfather was not responsible for this. So he went to tell his friends at work what was going on at our home, and soon it got around the Gladstone Villa was haunted. My parents separated in 1972, and my father left Gladstone Villa. But it wasn't because of the paranormal things going on, it was just due to the breakdown of the marriage. They finally divorced in 1975, April 25th, and the British band The Bay City Rollers were number one in the charts with the song Bye Bye Bay. Again, this song was very apt, and it would have been amusing except for the fact what was going on. I was barely two years old, so I have no memory of my father living at Gladstone Villa. But he would come to see me every Saturday to take me to see my paternal grandparents and to the local cinema. Great times, even though the paranormal activity still continued. As I got older, I too witnessed activity. I actually saw poltergeist activity for myself. I saw the electrical cables being pulled by unseen forces. I saw lights going off and on. And when my grandfather Bill would play records on Sundays, as we did our family dinners, it would turn the music off. It took exception to the British band Slade or any religious TV shows that my grandmother Rita would be watching. The local police were also involved. I remember them popping their heads in the attic one time, hesitating, but not going in. They suggested instead it was just my father playing a prank on the family. A friend of my grandmother, Miss Ivy France, was very skeptical when my grandmother told her that Gladstone Villa was haunted. I can remember Ivy going into the main bedroom, looking around and saying it was just vibrations from the traffic outside that was causing the activity. But she would soon too change her mind when she experienced it for herself. It was then she suggested contacting a local press and a medium. The medium was John Matthews. When he came to Gladstone Villa, he started by asking the family questions. He then began by challenging the spirit to perform by knocking on the ceiling. And sure enough, it responded by knocking back. At some point, John went into a trance to try to contact the spirit. He failed to get a name. He later confirmed the obvious, though. There was indeed a presence in the house, an earthbound spirit, and it had unfinished business to tend to. A priest by the name of Graham Jones was called to Gladstone Villa. He blessed the property, and after a few prayers, he duly left. It was quiet there for a few short months after that, with no incidents, but the entity did return. With a vengeance. And this time, it had decided it would show itself. 
One evening, my grandfather Bill and my mother Caroline and I were watching television. My grandmother Rita was reading a book when all of a sudden my mother just so happened to look to her left and she saw a solid figure of a monk standing by the doorway. We, however, did not see this thing as we were otherwise occupied, but she would later describe to us in detail a monk in a typical brown habit complete with a hood over its head. This blocked the entity's face and she couldn't see it. It sounded very much like a 16th century Benedictine monk. Fred Davies was a friend of my grandfather Bill. They worked together at the local colliery and he would visit most evenings. Fred was a slim man who would wear a flat cap and glasses and he smoked homemade cigarettes that hung from his lips when we spoke. He would sit in his favorite chair by the open fire and talk to the family and watch TV with us. One day, Fred was with us in his usual place, sitting by the fire, and I was quietly playing with my toys by the sideboard. It was very quiet when all of a sudden we heard a very loud bang. The bang was so loud that Fred ducked his head and I ran to my mother for comfort. When it was quiet, we all went upstairs. My grandfather Bill would always be first, and I would always be last. When we got to that bedroom, we found that nothing could account for the noise. Fred later told us that he ducked his head because he thought the entire ceiling was coming down on top of him. Fred also told us of another experience that he had at Gladstone Villa. My grandfather Bill liked to look out the window of the landing of one of the rooms that overlooked Cardiff Road and into Bargo Town Center. This one specific time, Fred had joined him, and as I stood there looking out the window, Fred felt something brush past him, but when he turned around, there was nothing there. The most frightening experience I had was when I was alone in that particular room. I made sure the light was on, and it was very quiet. I was laying on the end of the bed, facing the window that overlooked Cardiff Road, when I suddenly felt something heavy pounce on the bottom of the bed. I heard the bed springs make a noise, but just once, and I felt the bed bounce. I didn't look straight away, but when I did, there was nothing there. I went downstairs to tell my parents, and we all went upstairs back into the room to look. We did see distinctive paw marks on the bed like that of an animal. Later, I found out that my grandfather Bill had a black Labrador retriever named Tovey who died before I was born. My grandfather Bill and my mother Caroline claimed to also have heard a baby crying from in that room, but I didn't hear it at that time, so I took very little notice of what they said. The activity got so bad that my mother and my grandmother and myself slept downstairs with the lights on. It was only my grandfather Bill who supposedly was brave enough to sleep up there by himself. It was then that he himself had yet one more experience in that room. He told us that he was laying there on the bed when all of a sudden he couldn't move. He couldn't even shout out for us to help him. This could have well been sleep paralysis, but he said he did hear something in the room with him. My grandmother Rita had her own experiences one day, she went upstairs into that room to get my grandfather up. 
when she saw the boiler door swing open all by itself. He didn't stay there to see what it was, but instead she rushed out of that room. Another occasion she said she had the sensation of something pulling from under her foot, like she had stepped on the monk's gown. We had the ghost there for so long that my grandmother Rita gave it a pet name. She would call him Johnny, and my grandfather Bill would shout from time to time at Johnny to provoke a reaction, but nothing would happen. Ivy Francis' son Charles got to hear about what was going on in Gladstone Villa, and he came along once with some of his friends, and with my family's permission, they went into the bedroom. It frightened one of his friends so badly that to this day he still swears it's a spooky place. My mother Caroline had an operation and ended up on crutches, and so the local nurse would tend to her and her foot at our house. My mother was sitting on a chair one day when the nurse came in. When the nurse knelt down to tend to her foot, she kept telling my mom to please not hold on to her. My mother looked at my grandmother Rita in amazement as she was not holding the nurse at all. My mother made her own conclusions that that might have actually been Johnny the ghost that was holding the nurse steady so she would not hurt her. The only time I heard the ghost being vocal was the time we were all in the living room. One of us wanted to use the bathroom, but we couldn't get through the door. My grandfather Bill said, He's behind there, behind the door. I heard quite distinctively then the sound of Gregorian chants. But that was it, nothing more. We left in the summer of 1978 when two local businessmen bought the property and Gladstone Villa was soon converted into a small hotel and the name had changed to Red's Park Hotel. One night before we moved, there was one final incident. One night before we moved, there was one final incident that we experienced, as if it knew we were going to leave, and that was its way of saying goodbye. My mother, my grandmother, and I got ready to go to sleep. The light was still on when we heard the doorknob turning, as if somebody was trying to get in. At first, naturally, I suspected it was my grandfather, as he was the only one who slept upstairs in that room, and we thought that it might have been him playing a prank. I called out to him, but there was no answer, not even a laugh that would give him away. We then heard our belongings that were being packed in the hallway, but they were being thrown around. The next day, we asked my grandfather Bill if it was him playing a joke on us. He insisted it was not, and to this day, I still believe him. I went on to have my 40th birthday at Red's Parks Hotel in August of 2009, for old time's sake, and the female staff told me about the ghosts they would experience, and I told them of what happened to me just 30 years before. The staff told me of their own personal experiences of lights going off and on, the odd sightings in room 5 of a bride in a white dress being seen, and again the claims of a baby crying like the sound that made no sense to me at the time when I felt the dog jump on the bed. I did a thorough research of the property in the Cardiff Road area, and I found out some very interesting things indeed. I found out from the Bargoed Library and local newspaper archives that Gladstone Villa dates back to the 1900s. It was named after a former British Prime Minister named William Gladstone. 
I discovered the previous people that lived there, the Kermiet family, was there in 1924. A new married couple named Michael and Evelyn, and they had a son named Elvin. He had died at the property at just four months old. According to the archives of Cardiff newspaper, it was that year. This explained the baby my mother and grandmother would hear from that room. Miss Evelyn Kimmett died in 1970, soon after I was born. Maybe this is why the activity all started. I also found out that there was also a monastery on Baldwin Street, where my parents met and worked. And there is a property directly opposite of the former Gladstone Villa property on Cardiff Road that dates back to the 16th century. It is now a public house called the Rafa Club, and a priest's hide is said to be there, hidden somewhere, but it's sealed up. This explains the monk that my mother saw as well. What I have said here is true. I wouldn't share this if I couldn't possibly back it up. And I have used real names, as I have nothing to hide. All I have said can be verified by the people and the family that I have mentioned. Sadly, however, some of the people I have mentioned are no longer with us. I challenge any hardened skeptic and firm non-believer, and I can assure them that they will indeed most certainly question their belief system. Of this, I have no doubt whatsoever. In fact, I am 100% positive. You may Google the property. It's still there in Cardiff Road, Bogard, Wales, United Kingdom, very near the Carefully and Cardiff. This place needs to be thoroughly investigated and is well worth documenting. I am quite serious about this and very sincere. Submitted by Andrew Dexter. First off, this mm-hmm. dude is a great writer. And his descriptions of, like, I feel like I know a history lesson with the amount of detail he goes into what songs <laughs> right. are popular during that time. I really enjoyed that. It's a lot to take in. Like, holy shit. The Gregorian monks <laughs> chanting? Like, that's what really got it's the part me. that got you, yeah. huh? I think that would... Yeah, that would creep me out more than some, you know, something moved by me or, you know, that's creepy. You hear a fucking baby like, ah, in the middle of the night, like that's nothing. But all of a sudden, like you wake up and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, I uh, I really appreciate the story because it's a nice slow burner. You know, there's not really any jump scares. There's not any yeah. monsters. It's just kind of a nice, slow, like, continual what the fuck. And, you know, minus, like, all the creepy crap that happened, it is kind of nice, like, the family got associated, like, with the one of the ghosts that was there, so yeah. it kind of became, like, their other friend. The homie. Um, and, you know, like, checked in on them from time to time, and... Kind of gave him a goodbye present, right. so to speak, when they were leaving. So <laughs> I, uh, I really like the part about the uh, the nurse coming in to help his mom and her being like, "Would you just quit touching me? Let me go." And they're like, "Yeah, that wasn't us." <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! Well, I did some more digging on the history of Gladstone Manor, uh, Gladstone Villa rather, and I found out the property that was once called Gladstone Villa apparently was named after a former liberal prime minister. William Ewart Gladstone. Uh, he lived from night. <laughs> he lived from uh, 1808 to 1898. Uh, the Jones family lived there from the First World War, and a letter was discovered there written by a Mr. Henry Jones, stating his son Albert was a prisoner of war in Germany 
in 1919. Um, the Kimmet family, we already mentioned, they lived there in the 1920s. Uh, Michael, his wife, and their son, Elvin, who died at just four months old in June of 1924. And then the Williams family lived there in the 1940s. Their son, Robert, was actually born there on the 8th of March, and they then moved out to the Grove in 1950. A family lived there by the name of the Mills. Um, Mr. Edgar Mills claimed that when he was young, the property was haunted as well. But I couldn't find any more stories from him because that's kind of a broad search there. Uh, the Higgs family moved to Gladstone Villa sometime in 1960, and William George Higgs, his wife Rita, their only daughter, Caroline, so that's the, the actual Higgs family. I'll skip over that part. Um, and then Gladstone Villa eventually was converted into a hotel sometime in the 1800s. Yeah. Cool. So a, a woman named Gethin Mills actually is one of the most recent owners of the property, but they say she will not actually allow any ghost investigations or ghost haunts because she doesn't want the negative publicity of being a haunted location. She just wants to, you know, own the property and go about her business. Um, and they did, they did note. I don't know. But, yeah. but in this day and age, is there, is it really like negative publicity? Cause most people are like on par for that. Like if you said like my hotel's haunted, like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to spend money. Like, you know how much money she would make if she just advertised that shit? Like, yeah, but you also the twenties. Yeah, but this, this I agree. But this isn't also this that isn't also America, so maybe they have like different like culture over there to where yeah they do still deal with a lot of that. People you know thinking that it's weird or that it would give it a give it a bad look. But I know I yeah. I do. But agree. I mean, same I time, like, like yeah, yeah, if awesome. if you come out and be like, yeah, but, it's a haunted hotel, just like the Stanley, people are going to be coming there twenty four seven. Then you're kooky, you know, upsetting your way of life. Yeah, that's true. But if it is true and th- and things are happening and it's like bad experiences of activity happening, and her not right. wanting to admit that's it, very true too. But up. I mean, yeah, because then people are going in there unaware, and then then they're just like haunted, not haunted, <laughs> but like yeah, haunting a pill uh, house. They get that vision. Yeah, they get that vision of what happened to them in that room or that's area. True. That's a good point. The rest of their life, you know. Um, and the last part that really I thought was pretty cool, I mentioned a little bit during the story. Um, there are remnants of a foundation of an old monastery next to the Rafa Club, which could better explain the sightings of the Phantom Monk. What I want to know more about <laughs> is that... like a superhero. <laughs> right. What I want to know more about is the supposed priest's hide, because that means there's basically like a dehydrated priest's skin somewhere walled up in that fucking club. What? Really? You didn't catch that part? Yeah. In well, I didn't. I you said hide. I didn't, I wasn't thinking like, I like his skin. Like that's fucked I up. I mean, if you can explain to me what the what the word hide means <laughs> in that I don't context, know. I otherwise, it was some, Brit, some British thing. Oh, like a uh, like a gown or a, a cowl, yeah. maybe. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't thinking his skin. No, it could be his skin though, because there was that practice uh, that um, Celtic uh, shamans did. Where, like, they would, like, skin an enemy or skin, like, another shaman who was important. And they would make, like, a, uh, basically, like, a naked skin suit, like, you know, a buffalo oh bill God. and wear it. 
So they would have like skin pants <laughs> and they would wear that around because it would give them extra power. So I'd fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> every time every time I think uh when somebody says the word shaman, I always think of the not so great movie Year One with Jack Black and Michael Sarah. And and Bill Hader has this part where he plays this local tribe shaman and then uh I remember if it was Jack Black's character or Michael Cera. He sits, sits down. And he's like, "Do you believe this shit?" And he's like, "Do you believe this shit? I've been licking. I've been licking toads since three days ago. I'm tripping balls right now, <laughs> 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 or something like that. It's funny and shit. No, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's just weird. That's wow. weird. I don't know. Yeah, pretty interesting, man. Pretty. In- I mean, there's stories of people that have you know really ornate tattoos, and when they pass away, they get that cut off and cured, and yeah, you know, displayed somewhere. So who knows? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that tattoo. Maybe the priest had a really badass tattoo. Tribal tattoo. Yeah, <sighs> like uh, what's what's the guy off the uh, that German show Dark, where he's got like that Celtic cross and all that weird shit tattooed on his back. Yeah. Like maybe it was a time time traveling priest, and he had some weird tattoo, and they cut it out of him when he died. Well, if he's time traveling tattoo, dude, let's be real. He's gonna either have tribal tattoos or affliction tattoos. Wow. <laughs> American Apparel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, man. What's what's this? What's this next to the hide? Well, by golly, if it isn't a decrepit two-liter Mountain Dew bottle, <laughs> extreme. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! What was that Sailor Jerry brand of tattoo apparel and shit that came out not too long ago? Um, what? I have no idea. Ed Hardy. Yeah, the Ed Hardy shit. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Ed Hardy's the fucking Lisa Frank of the bro dude <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, we got to send a huge hearty thank you out to Andrew because that's a pretty awesome story. And it might be the longest one to date that we've got so far. And also, all the way across the pond. So that's pretty pretty yeah. wonderful to get that. So Very detailed, very well well written and well told. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We sure appreciate it. But yeah, so there, guys, um, it's been a couple of weeks, but you got to hear about how we spent our spring breaks. We told you that you should definitely go to Knights of the Round Table. You should definitely buy yourself a gamer chair and definitely. Wait, Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> what do you, what'd you call it? Medieval Times? <laughs> Medieval Times. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I just thought you were being tongue in cheek, so I guess it worked either way. Yeah, Listen, sorry. if you go to Knights of the Round Table, just remember pull the big Steven and yell, cut his fucking head off, because that's cut what the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think anywhere you go in public, you should drink a bucket of beer and then just start screaming, cut his fucking head off. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. And you no, should. You yeah, shouldn't. no, you should. Just kidding. I totally, care. speaking of which, I totally read uh, the story. I This happened several years back, but there was a guy in Canada that got on a, a bus. And he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and something else. And like he sat down, they stopped at a rest stop. He got back on the bus, but changed his seat and like went next to some other to to this just this random guy that was sleeping, mm-hmm. and then just started stabbing him. And and like it got crazy. Like they pulled the bus over, and he just kept doing it. No emotion, no uh-huh. yelling, and then ended up. Decapitated him walking around, Jesus showing off the head, Christ. and then he ate parts of the dude. Yeah, and, uh, uh, I know it, the story you're talking about. That's actually, great, and and then like he, like he was clearly like he clearly had he was mentally disturbed. Like yeah. and and like he's scheduled to get out. 
Like, or I mean, he's out right now. Like that—that that was why the whole story came back up is because, like, in Canada, you know, they charged him with this this murder, but they said you're gonna go to psychiatric ward, and he got the help, and he's on the meds, and like now he's changed his name, and he works, you know, um, some really small in some small business, and he he's free. Like it's the craziest thing, man. It's a really unique story, and I I, I couldn't believe it. I never heard about that before. Um, it's funny you said that or interesting because I actually have that story saved and I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Um, oh shit, next episode. F- fuck it. Well, yeah, it's a pretty long story. Never mind. This is one of those eleven facts about the story you didn't know, so maybe we will. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna plan on next episode. <laughs> I think that was the same thing I read. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, yeah, yeah. It was like eleven facts you didn't know about. And I was like, what is first off, what the hell is this? And then, yeah, I think it's the same thing. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, we'll uh it was good. Yeah, we'll chat about that next time then. And I also um but I mean we only have a couple days because we're finishing this episode Monday evening. It'll drop Wednesday and we record again Thursday. I want to either get in on the next we episode. We do. I I won't be able to do that. Oh yeah, that's fine. I didn't know you we were recording Thursday because I'm I'm going to see us. Oh, that's right. Cool. Well, Presto and I can yeah. we can, okay. We'll put a pin in that decapitation story then, and and Presto and I will do something, man. I was, I want to get into this uh, this book here called Thieves in the Night: A Brief History of Supernatural Child Abductions by Joshua Cutchin. And it's uh, it sounds like a lot of documented cases of abduction of children from aliens, but also mm. possibly fairy and fey folk as well. <sighs> yeah, this book is like an inch and a half thick. It's huge. It's the one that Preston you said had the uh, what you call it the rape alien on the front. Yeah, the the elf fucking you know half elf whatever you know like an alien gray alien fucked an elf and there's like this weird like half creature that's what's on the front cover. Yeah, oh creepy as shit, man, but. Yeah, we'll have something we'll have something good picked up for you guys. But yeah, that's right. kind of that's kind of coming up in the near future here. I want to get back into some missing four one one. I want to do some really good abduction stories, um, that kind of stuff. And uh, I was hoping to do a leprechaun episode for St. Patty's Day, but I mean, we're just uh, just not going to get into it. Yeah, we're past St. Patty's Day, so fuck it. Yeah. Oh well. Well, guys, yeah, there you go. Also, if you're in Colorado, check out uh, in Bailey the Sasquatch Outpost. It's truly. Truly a landmark that uh, I hope stays for Yeti, Yeti. I almost said Yetis and Yetis and years and years. Ah. <laughs> I hope it stays around for years and years. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys, for listening. Um, thanks again, Andrew, for sending that in. Guys, what do you want to plug? Let's plug some stuff before we get out of here. Heck yeah. Check out our uh, Facebook group, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Check out our Instagram, P-X-L-P-A-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L. Check us out on that. And there was something else I was going to plug. Oh, yeah. Um, just real quick. If you have not watched Umbrella Academy on it, on Xbox, on Netflix, <laughs> check it out. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with paranormal, time travel. If you like this podcast, I guarantee you're going to like that show. Yeah. It's awesome. Pretty and, solid. Uh, Speak. It keeps you guessing right up to the end, too, I thought. Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, we just watched the pilot episode for Afterlife mm-hmm. with Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. on Netflix. Pretty good. Fuck, man. So people hate on Ricky Gervais, and I can see why, because he's very, very, very passionate about being an atheist. But as the years have gone by, he's also become quite a humanitarian. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember his first movie I watched was called The Invention of Lying. And it's a fucking just, it's a, it's a really funny movie. It's also a heartbreaking movie. And then whenever he dropped Derek, uh, Stephen and I have fucking gushed over that countless times, how great Derek was. Yeah. Uh, his stand-up humanity yeah. is great. Yeah, I've never, I, I never was a big Ricky Gervais fan. I didn't, it's not that I didn't, I didn't really, well, like, I thought that his whole shtick at the time was about the atheism stuff. Yeah. And that's cool if that's, if that's someone's thing. But to me, it was just like, eh, I just don't want to hear about that all the time, uh, regardless of what my, my beliefs are. But once I started seeing some of his other stuff come out where he started doing different roles, mainly Derek, mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, this guy has does have talent. And, yeah. of course, I got to give him props for The Office, you know, because I have watched The British Office and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, of course, everybody loves the David American Brent's one. a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, the American Office is just a whole different beast in general. Yeah. But without him, it, The Office wouldn't be a thing. So oh, yeah, I got to give him props for that. Oh, yeah. This new, this afterlife looks really good. It looks really touching, hilarious, and, like, right up my fucking alley. So. Oh, yeah. Pedo, 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 pedo. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. What? What's that? <laughs> yeah, it's a really great show. Preston, did you watch pedo, it? You'd be safe, you ginger cunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a good show, man. And I always like, he always seems to kind of touch on the afterlife and loss and, and always has animals too, man. Yeah, he's really, really, really Huge really advocate really for animal rights. Advocate yeah. for animals, yeah. Yep. And then uh, we're going to be starting our show soon. We finally have come up with a name. That took for fucking ever. And it'll be all in-depth of video game, uh, like a single video game. We're going to take a video game, analyze it, talk about the history of it, the music of it, the gameplay, uh, some levels, stuff like that. Like, get really specific. Yeah. Each episode will be one video game. Or a, it'll be like part A, part B. Yeah, so, sure, sure. We're going yeah. to do audio clips. Um, going to try to reach out to people that have been made, that made the games, try to get some background stuff. But I don't know how successful that'll be. But I'm really excited to start it, and I think the name is pretty cool, so yeah. that'll be revealed later. Oh, yeah. And um, thought there's one more thing. I know this is totally off topic, but uh, Sean mentioned it to me a while back. He said, he's like, you got and Corey did as well, like, you got to check this show out called Queer Eye. And oh, if yeah, everybody yeah. knows it there, I am 100% for LGBT, <laughs> LGBTQ plus, like, rights and advocacy all that oh, yeah. um i'm just not really big into, into reality shows i think they're trash i think it's just just clickbait garbage tv mm-hmm. so i never really gave this sh- this show a chance and netflix picked up the rights to it and they started there they just released season three on friday and like we binged the first two seasons within like a week and a half <laughs> and it, it's so it's so good so inspiring so hilarious and I strongly suggest anybody to just take a chance on the show because you will, you will be moved in some way. Oh, Even if you're yeah. like, I don't know, like I think that show would be so cool to show people that are kind of uncomfortable. Oh shit! Around dude. watch around episode you know, pe- pe- people that are gay, and then get them like to show them that it's it's not about that. It's about loving yourself right and, you know being inspired i love that stuff oh yeah man we uh it's funny tonight before we watched the first episode of afterlife we watched episode i think three or four of season one of queer eye because we just realized mm-hmm. uh talking to you earlier shit we haven't watched that in like a long time 
And that episode was very touching because it touches on the idea of like, the premise of the show is somebody nominates somebody and the Fab Five show up and each one of the five dudes specializes in like one thing of making that person's life better, food, fashion, their house, their relationships, self-care. And they show up and the dude who got nominated, um, really, really big uh, conservative individual. And they touch on, you know, Black Lives Matter a little bit. They talk about Blue Lives Matter. And it was kind of cool because these are kind of two opposite worlds that came together. And it was really, really mm-hmm. a beautiful episode of how like each one learns something from the other uh, of two specific characters in that episode. So I shouldn't say characters yeah. two two specific people, but yeah, it's really, really fucking good. Really touching. It's just weird. It's weird for me because like, I don't like reality TV and this is like a reality TV show, sure. but it's just, it has this, this extra, extra pizzazz to i don't know this is weird i like i can i i feel like i could hang out with these dudes oh shit yeah and like conquer the world so to speak i'm gonna make a fucking (laughs) lip scrub tomorrow yeah (laughs) (laughs) and half the fucking recipes they make are so simple and look fucking delicious dude yes queen yeah you said that in the beginning (laughs) uh, of the episode yeah look at that it all came fully around Awesome. Presto, plug some shit. Listen, need a beard? Want a beard? If you want to grow a monk's beard that would make Buffalo Bill want to make a sexy monk suit out of you, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com. And Sean's going to hit you with the promo code real quick. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. And make sure you guys catch us in Omaha if you are in Omaha at the Rock Your Beard Off Beard and Mustache Competition, we are super, super stoked. I really cannot wait for that. That's going to be on April 13th. It's a Saturday, and uh, we'll be posting some more details about that. But yeah, we can't wait to see everybody. Can't wait to catch up with the crew up there in Omaha, meet some fans, meet some friends. It's going to be pretty I wish I could get my picture on a shirt and Preston could just wear it around. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> right. You do it. But listen... <laughs> You know what the next big thing is? The next big thing brought to you by Pixelated Paranormal is the Richard Jerome Tinfoil Hat Society. And you, <laughs> listeners, can be a part of that by subscribing to our YouTube channel and going down that rabbit hole. Hell yeah. <laughs> we need to make we need to make some shirts celebrating that. I'll have to Photoshop a picture of your dad. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so good. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, all those good apps. And of course, iTunes. Rate and review us if you would so like. We sure appreciate that. Helps us get a little more uh, known. Apparently around the world. We're not just in America anymore, Mom. Big time, boys. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget Pixelated Sausage and uh, Sports Cars Unleashed because we've been droning on for an hour, so let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> there sure. we go check out our friends fear and fame in colorado as well all right guys we will catch you all next time peace it's on flip flop the cast that pixelated paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode pixelated paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical the strange the unknown tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. I came into this world as a reject. He just wants to sleep with the shaman. I got my Buffalo Bill pants. I ain't afraid of nothing. (laughs) There's no kink shame in here.